Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued our coverage of the defense cross-examination of Ms. Kanarek as the witness offered more testimony about her decision to record conversations between the defendant and others without their knowledge. On today's installment, we begin with a continuation of that line of questioning from Barrison's attorney. That's all coming up right after the break. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. At the end of our last episode, Michael Barrison's lawyer, Edward Belinkus, was asking questions of alleged victim Lauren Kanarek about her discussions with her father and her attorney regarding the legality of recordings that Kanarek made of the defendant. We begin today with Belinkus continuing that line of questioning and Judge Stephen Taylor again interrupting the defense attorney to tell him that the way that he is framing his questions is not allowed by the rules of evidence. Whose telephone number is my father. And that's one of the persons that you claim gave you a legal opinion with regards to recording, correct? One of the people I, and again, said, I don't really remember which said what or who said who. Okay, but I you, certainly spoke to my father a few times. And Do you remember your dad saying on August 2nd, 2000, objection has to do directly with this issue, Judge? What does it matter? It's still the rules of evidence. Isn't that a hearsay statement? Judge, I, I believe it's, it's permissible to impeach her. There's a discussion with her father regarding admissibility. But isn't this what we discussed at the break? No, Judge, this is a specific statement which contradicts what she said. Judge Taylor again calls for a brief sidebar with the attorneys outside of the earshot of the jury and of the recording equipment. This time when he emerges, he allows Edward Belinkus to pursue this line of questioning for a limited purpose. All right, hold on. The, the objection's overruled. So go ahead and ask a question in this one area. Correct. Your father's number is correct? Correct. Did you have a discussion with him on that day with regards to the... On what day? I'm sorry. Yeah, that hasn't been made clear what August, day it is. August 2nd, 2019 at 9.24 p.m. With regards to him questioning the admissibility of you making these recordings. Um, yeah, he is questioning the admissibility rather than legality of it. Then I'm guessing probably spoke of whether after these recordings had been recorded, whether or not they might be admissible in a court of law. Since you just mentioned the word admissibility, I'm really pointing out that 
I don't think we're talking about, like, is this legal, is it not legal? We may have been. I think the, the real crux of what we're discussing was just like you said a minute ago, the admissibility of it, meaning will this be admissible at a later date? If that's what you're asking, which it seems to be that is. But I could okay. be wrong, sorry. You were giving your father copies of these recordings, correct? Um, I don't remember. I don't really know how I would share them. I'm really not that tech savvy. Well, isn't the fact that you're aware that your boyfriend, Robert Goodwin, had given your father a number of these texts, and you were aware of texts, of uh, recordings, and you were aware of that. On August 2nd, like I said, it was ordered the morning of July 31st. They arrived probably the next day, if we're lucky. So by August 2nd, I can't imagine there would have been very many recordings by that time. So I don't know what he could have sent in that one time, like de time period, or like a small period of time to my father, but I can't say he hasn't, so maybe he did. I honestly don't know. It wasn't me, but yeah, okay. and, if it and, happened. And when you use the term admissibility, yes. that had to do with the lawsuit that you, the father, and Robert Goodwin were talking about filing against Michael Barrison, correct? Um, probably, not just that, probably some other things too. Now, you also made videos, put video cameras places, correct? In our living space, yes. We were planning to go away the following week with Michael, in fact, to a show, which I had signed up for. Um, it's on the USGF website, you can check it. I had entries for a show the following Wednesday where Michael was to take me to a show, the one we were discussing earlier, um, in Socrates, New York, called Hits, Hits on the Hudson. And we wanted to have surveillance in the house for when we went away since there was tension on the farm, you know, people going back and forth with their moods and tempers. So all I knew is I had a show, we wanted to have surveillance in our house that we were renting, and we had cameras, blink cameras, I believe, in the house for when we were not home. That was the purpose of them. So yes, to that question. And when you say or said in certain posts that you have eyes and ears everywhere yes. that can't be detected, where were the eyes? Are those the, the eyes are in the in our house, which if no one's living there, why would they be detected unless someone's coming in? It shouldn't be. Who's Rosanna Williams? A good friend of mine. Also, um, she is one of the best international horse sales people maybe on the, in the world. And I purchased three of my international competition horses from her, and we just were very good friends and also a business friend as well. Okay. Now, when did you get these uh, cameras that you're talking about? I didn't get them. My boyfriend did. I don't remember what date, but somewhere around the same time as the audios. Same somewhere, time? That would be after? Somewhere the... somewhere around the same time as the audios. And you're sure of that? No, I'm not sure of that. That's why I said I'm not sure I didn't get them. Okay, where did he get them at? I think you ordered them online, like a person would do, I'm guessing. Well, do you remember having a conversation on April 20th with Miss Williams saying on April just... April 20th? I'm sorry, I just wanted to be... April 20th, 2019. Just I think, I think if the intention is to refresh her recollection, which she's saying okay. she doesn't remember, she could sure, certainly be shown something to see if that refreshes her memory. I, I don't think that's the way to do it. it. Yeah, it's the Linka shows Miss Kanarek the text message. Okay, I read it. You bought cameras. No, I said that I did to my friend months before. So, but there was no cameras purchased. So you lied to your friend about purchasing cameras? Because yeah. Because you thought justice was a threat? Justin was a threat? Yeah, 
where she, I feel like she was worried about me to make her feel better. I said, don't worry, you have cameras, we'll be fine. We later did get cameras, but it wasn't until months after. Okay, but you'll agree that there was a text message between you and Miss Williams where you indicated on April 20th, 2019, that you bought cameras last night to plant in the- Mr. Belenkis, you just refreshed her recollection. And, and I, that, I know, Judge Brown. I know, but and that now- now I'm impeaching her with her, her recollection because it says here they claim. Well, no, don't 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 read it. That's the whole issue. Okay. Just, you use that to impeach her credibility, right? Yeah. And and refresh her recollection. Right. And I'm you're sorry. saying her last statement that she said is not accurate yes. about what's in there? Yes, yes Judge. Absolutely. Did you tell her that you planted cameras in the apartment and the barn? Is this the thing you just showed yes, me? Yes. The thing Judge, you it, it doesn't say the apartment. It says our apartment. Yes, exactly. He's leaving out key words yeah. every time that he reads these text messages to the witness. All right, all right Mr. Mr. Shellhorn, if you have an issue, it's not to be said in front of the jurors. All right. I, I, I understand, but just say you want to be heard at sidebar, and you have to make sure you read everything accurately. Yes. On that day, to Miss Williams, did you say Justin is a threat, a big one? We bought cameras last night at Home Depot to plant in the barn and in our apartment so we can always see what Justin is doing and saying. Yes, I said I wrote that. I lied to my friend so she wouldn't be worried. There was a situation with Justin that she knew about. I didn't want her to worry. I just told her, don't worry about it. Got cameras, handles, and that was it. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Next, defense attorney Edward Belinkus asks Lauren Kanarek about when she became aware that his client, Michael Barrison, knew of her electronic surveillance of him. Now, at some point, you know that Michael Barrison knows that you're recording him, correct? Yeah, about five months later, four months later, that was April, correct? So the, the shooting, the day he came to shoot us and kill us, was that was August 7th. Um, August 7th. So yeah, so several months later is when we purchased the cameras, if that's what you're asking. Is that what you asked? No, I did. Yeah, what, what, I, what, okay. Hold on, just listen to the question and, and try to answer only the question as I said earlier if you don't understand yes just say I don't understand can you rephrase okay yes, right I'll rephrase it judge right I think you should go ahead you at some point you buy cameras correct yes at some point you start tape recording private conversations correct by cameras yes tape recording yes I guess that would be an accurate statement yes okay and at some point prior to the shooting, mm -hmm. after you started tape recording private conversations, you became aware that Michael Barrison <laughs> believed or knew that you were doing that to him. Um, I'm guessing I told the police. I, I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know what he was aware of. I have no way of knowing that. Sorry. 
on August 5th, two days before the shooting, did you tell your father in a text message, and I confirmed for sure that they know we have a bug in the barn. Did you make that statement to your father? Probably, yes. It's been a text message. I've I made the statement. You're asking, did I make it? I'm asking you. Rather than someone else? I'll show you this. Okay. Belinkus again shows Kanarek one of her text messages. And does that refresh your recollection as to whether or not you became aware that Michael Barrison knew or at least thought that you were recording his private conversations? No. Well, I think it indicates what it indicates, which is that I told a police officer this, so I figured probably it might have gotten back to him. They wanted to continue having those conversations in front of my locker. That's, they now know. Like I said, we were trying to do things as legally as possible. This but I can't know what Michael was thinking or what was actually told to him. Well, what did you mean? Talking to my father here in text message, so. What did you mean when you used the word, and I confirmed for sure that they know we have a bug in the barn? What I did you mean by the term confirmed for sure? I meant that I told a police officer, meaning that I figured that if it were some problem, they would know about it. Even if it weren't a problem, they might tell. Like, no, like, least protocol. So it was just an assumption. I was writing to my father. Again, in the context of that whole conversation, I would say that it would make sense for me to say that. We didn't get into that. Belinkus then returns to the alleged victim's social media posts, disparaging the defendant and his girlfriend and assistant trainer, Mary Haskins Gray. Now let's go back to July 25th. Okay. Did you post another lengthy post regarding Mary Haskins and Michael Barrison? Probably. Do you recall saying words to the effect that uh, it turns out once a home wrecker, always a home wrecker? Were you referring to Mary Haskins? Absolutely. Did you then say words to the effect that then said home wrecker realized if a man did it to his wife, wives, what's to stop him from straying again? Did you say that? Yep. And there's I think six more chapters. I know them all. And then did you say immediately after that, here's where paranoia and jealousy set in? Yes, I'm familiar with the post, yes. And it's your belief that Mary Haskins was jealous of you? Um, I think she was jealous of a lot of people, and it was just an insecurity that she had. That That was my belief, yes. And did you say a little bit later on in that post, we're talking about Barrison and Mary Haskins, did you say, it's war? Probably. Mr. Belinkus, when you characterize something, don't you characterize it. That's what it says, it's war. No, 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 before that, you're saying who she's talking about. Okay. You're not testifying, no. she is. Okay. Ask her that question. Right. Understood. The previous statement that I read, you were referring to Barrison and Mary Haskins, correct? Can you read the previous statement again, so I'm sure? What's to stop him from straying again? Here's where paranoia and jealousy set in. Yes, that's a statement that I wrote. You wrote that, and it's about Barrison and Haskins, correct? Correct. And then soon after that, you basically make a statement, and correct me if I'm wrong, where you say, it's war, correct? Yeah, probably. I'd say so. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but going to war was against Barrison and Mary Haskins, correct? I mean, I don't know. You didn't read... I only got... 
the one sentence. I didn't get the whole context, so I don't exactly know. I'm we're sure. Talking about, we're I'm talking sure about the, going to war against anyone else during this period. I mean, of time. no, but like I'm, I, I'm all I'm bringing up is that I feel that maybe some context left out, but it's fine. We can just go with yes. I wrote that. I meant that. That's fine. We can move on. Not go back to the, right, the context. Just, ma'am, just answer the question. I'm sorry. All right. Now, and this is the post that a lot of people are looking at. Correct. Well, how does she know that? Because it's Facebook, well, Judge. Well, no, 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 no. The, just focus on the issues. And, and the issue, how many times, Mr. Blank, is, is not everyone. Understood. So what other people know is not really relevant. Did you say in that state that you will publicly announce using your special talents for collecting indisputable evidence or words to that extent? Yes. Did you tell whoever saw this Facebook post later on to fasten their seatbelts? Yes. A story like this, even told at a distance, may cause whiplash. It's that bad. Yes, I definitely said that. Including extra stories that could only be heard in recordings or videos to be fully believed. Yes. So on this day, which is July 25th, you're telling whoever's reading this that you have evidence, videos, and recordings, correct? I thought the sentence was, could you read the sentence again, actually? Extra stories could only be heard in a recording or video to be fully believed. You talked about recordings and videos, correct? Talked about that they could only be believed if they were in a recording or a video, which is what led us to later get those two very things, to make sure they would be ready. Did you say towards the end, even a one-time Olympian can be cut down to size? Yes. And then, oh yes, a war, I fear, may be inevitable. Yes. And then at the very end, I'll need all the calm of the Dead Sea to stop me from totally going totally ballistic. Probably, yes. Belinkus next pivots to asking the witness about the initial arrangement for her and her horses to live on the defendant's farm. Now, Michael Barrison was living in his home at the facility, correct, when you came back uh, in the summer of 2019, correct? Yes, uh, yes, that's correct. You were living in an apartment and, and were not paying him any rent, correct, mm -hmm. for the apartment? We were paying, we were, it was a barter agreement. And when you say the barter agreement, you were paying to board two horses at $2,500 a piece at that point, correct? Plus, uh, I think, I believe $40,000 I had just given him for a horse he was unable to sell, plus a work that my boyfriend had done along the barn in the house, which Michael said was going to be compensated. And part of that compensation was that we have the housing, whatever, although that was established the year before. And that the main part of it would be when my other horse that I had purchased would come overseas so Michael could train her, he chose the facility to be quarantined at. So yes, we were paying a lot of money, more than just the $5,000 that you said, to Eagle Big in that apartment. There was the work done, like I mentioned, there was the money given to him for the horse that he couldn't sell. And so, yes, we were, we were living in a house and paying money. Yes. Again, let's break this down if, if we could. Sure. When you first come to his facility, mm -hmm. you only have two horses, correct? When I first come, yes. And the agreement was that you would pay $5,000 for those two horses mm -hmm. and 
he agreed to give you living accommodations, correct? Training of those two horses, right. living accommodations, and... Boarding. Yeah, sorry. Boarding. Yeah, boarding, yes, correct. Okay, so that's the deal that... Did you cut that deal or did your father cut that deal? Um, it was a joint, I guess, conversation and discussion. Who pays for the boarding? What do you mean? Who pays the $5,000, you or your uh, father? It comes out of my money, and my father writes the check. And where does he get the money from? The bank. Okay. So your father's taking the money out of your account or his account? My account. And what's the yeah, relevance? Does it, does it matter, Mr. Belinkus? What's the relevance of this? Okay, I'll move on. So the original deal was that he would board and train your horses and give you living accommodations, correct? Correct. That original agreement did not include your boyfriend living on the property, did it? I told Michael I was bringing my boyfriend and then I had two dogs. I wanted to make sure he knew that in case it was a pet issue or whatever. He sat on the phone in an hour-long conversation, no problem. And then he sent a text to my father, which read something like, she's going to love the apartment, they're going to love it. It's so wonderful. It even has antiques. My father then sent me that message. I read it. I said, all right, sounds like a plan. I guess I can't really say no to this offer. It's too good to be true or refused. And we took the offer, gratefully. Did you ever tell the prosecutors that in the beginning you didn't know your boyfriend were coming? I don't know. I don't think so, but I could not be sure. So when you came up from Florida after the winter of 2018, mm -hmm. how many horses were you boarding when you first came up? When I first came to meet Michael, you mean? Yes. In New Jersey. Yes. How many actual horses were in his stable? Two. The same two from Florida. So, and, and the same arrangement basically held true, correct? Correct. Until things changed, yes. Boarding two horses for $5,000 mm -hmm. and a living accommodation, correct? Correct. And then there came a time when you brought in two more horses, correct? There came a time when I purchased a horse from Michael making that third horse. Correct. So that was a horse that Michael wanted off his hands. I paid for the horse. We agreed that I paid for the horse. The horse gets to stay where he's lived his whole life and no change is made. Training will be included because the horse has shivers. He's got a lot of health issues, yada, yada. Bottom line, I say, Michael, here, I'm gonna give you this money for this horse. He's got these issues, but he shouldn't be moved from his home. So I buy the horse from Michael. He then says, okay, you know, you just buy the horse. He'll keep the stall. You'll keep taking lessons on him like usual. Nothing changes. Okay, now what's so, the name of that horse? JT. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you're making it sound as if you took some lame horse off, horse off his hand. Mm -hmm. that's, that's your position? My position is that the horse had issues, health issues, serious ones, including Cushing's shivers i can name a bunch of other things really bad case of shivers and yes i bought the horse because i had ridden him all the time others didn't get along with him i did i fell in love with the damn horse excuse my language and i bought him and michael agreed that it was probably best because probably he wouldn't get anywhere near the money he would have gotten had the horse not had these issues so i bought him Paid a lot of money for him, kept him, and then Michael invited me to bring yet another horse, and then yet another horse, I guess. Okay, let's, let's talk about JT. Okay, sure. All right, but before we do that, can I see counsel at the bench, please? 
In a sidebar, Judge Stephen Taylor asks Belinkus to move on. But when Belinkus resumes his questioning, the judge again admonishes the defense counsel for belaboring the boarding arrangements which Taylor had already instructed him to drop. In our next episode, we will continue our coverage of the cross-examination of Lauren Kanarek, with Belinkus asking the witness about her social media attacks on the defendant. But for now, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the Trial of Michael Barrison. If you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison.